0: You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Art of Floating podcast, where float centers thrive. We're here to tell you stories of us running our float centers. We want to give tips on starting and running your own float center and give updates from around the world on floating. You can find us on The Art of Floating on Facebook. You can find us at Artful Floating on Twitter. And you can join the conversation on that Twitter or on SpeakPipe. It's uh, where you can leave a voicemail on theartoffloating.com. Amy Grimes, how are you doing?
0: I'm fantastic. How you doing, Dylan? Nice.
1: Doing real well. I heard... Uh, you're had a little little jab taken up float Nashville in a newspaper yeah, article. There. A
0: little bit, a little bit. Week. Nothing too bad. All we'll right. talk, we'll get to that tonight. For sure. Sounds
1: good. Lance Foss up in Canada. How are you doing?
2: Hello. I am doing great. I'm nice. doing real good.
1: You had an expo weekend, is that right?
2: Yeah, we were at a Healthy Living Expo on Saturday and we got to see a couple thousand people come through and ask some nice. interesting questions. So
1: Cool. I look forward to hearing a little bit more about that. Excellent. Um, I'm Dylan Com. My wife and I own the Float Shop in Portland, Oregon. Amy owns Float Nashville with Mark Cheshire. Did I pronounce that right? You
0: did. Nice. Perfect.
1: And Lance owns the Float Shack up in Red Deer, Canada, with Matt DeRoche. Derouge. 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 All right. Yes. Perfect. Ah, so um. I'd like to talk about some some personal stuff with our own businesses and everything, but just so everybody knows, our, our main topic for today are the mistakes that we've made in running a float center or starting our float centers and what the heck we would do differently. And so if, if you're uh, starting your float center now or making any changes, anything like that, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to give you some input on not only what we did wrong, but maybe a, perhaps a better approach or at least give you some food for thought on, on a better approach. Yeah. Um, as, as every week since we've started this podcast, um, Tuesdays are our construction days. That's when we're closed. So today was just like every other Tuesday. Um, I got to say we're, we're running pretty high right now. We're, we're kind of on cloud nine. Um, we finished installing the um, ceiling for the, for the float room. So um, it's a really big deal. Uh, very excited about that.
0: So what's um, left, Dylan? What what you got left to do in the room?
1: <laughs> that's a that's a very good question. So, um, we have floating floors. We have um, very well soundproofed walls. We have a hanging ceiling, and um, next up we have um, we're having somebody putty it um, over the next couple of days while we're closed um, after hours, mm-hmm. and then uh, painting, uh, putting in our f- our flooring that kind of vinyl flooring that they use at Liber that's like like one membrane that's heat pressed into the floor um, and tiling for the showers at that point yeah go ahead.
0: is that flooring different than what you're using currently
1: yeah currently we have tile floors um, with grout in between and although it's beautiful there's a little bit of a slipping hazard with that we've done things to alter the composition of the top of the tile so that it has it's less slick but when people just step out of the float tank, we always have towels or or wood mats there for people because it's it's not ideal. So um, we're we're gonna experiment with this and and see how it works. I'm I'm um, very excited about it. There are some risks involved. We we instead of a cement floor, we have a wood floor, and it and it's floating, so it bends as you walk on it. A very slight amount, ah, but it does. So yeah. we'll see what the wear and tear is uh, like on those. So we'll find out.
0: Very nice.
1: Yeah. When do you um, expect
0: the room to be? Where did you go? <laughs> I'm curious. Well, I'm so. I'm I am oh, excited right me. now. Do you have to bring yeah. me down? Oh no no um, no!
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're February. We're planning on opening in February. So Good. with with yeah. I think I've described this on the show. Maybe I haven't, but we've left a huge portion of the wall completely open so that we can get the float tank in um, because it's it's pretty tight space that we're dealing with. And um, so once those things I described are done, we we bring in the float tank, set it up. And while we're doing that, we build another wall and, and you know do that sheetrock and the mm-hmm. ISO max channels and all that stuff, the hat channels and double sheetrock, yada yada. Oh, so um, it, it'll, I'm sure be a little bit difficult to go back into construction mode because it feels like we're just about done, but um, you know, we're, we're getting there. It's, it's gonna be exciting, I'm, I'm excited.
0: It is, you're real close.
1: Yeah, real close. Um, Lance, I'm, I'm curious about your expo. Adventure, do you mm-hmm. do you like doing expos?
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 nice to get out in the public and sure. talk to people and answer some questions, but expos are one hundred percent. The complete opposite of a float center. Oh. <laughs> so you're going from being in quiet all day, dealing with customers that just got overflowed, that are in this state. You know, they're coming to a place to relax. But the expo we were at, we were right in front of a stage where they're doing presentations and cheerleading and just different things <laughs> all day. And they had speakers blaring. So um, we had to we had to put up with those loud noises all day. And then when we were talking to people, we'd have to talk over, you know, sure. everything going on around us, which. Um, really led me to almost losing my voice and give me a cough but it was really good there's a lot of people in our city that are still still coming to hear of floating and still coming to hear of us and you know they often will build these barriers or misconceptions before they ever see a float tank or ever talk ah, sure. to us or ever even visit our website so it's yeah. nice just to break some of those down and and really just uh you know set the story straight we're not a pool we're not a hot tub we're not a place to build shacks that float down the river, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting people uh-huh. know what we do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Amy, I do like expos. I like people.
1: Amy, have you done expos?
0: I have. Um, it is not. Uh, I'm like Lance. It is an opportunity to to certainly break down uh, some of the the negative perceptions. Um, in our case, a lot of people think we're a scuba shop. Which or a float down the river on right. a on a raft place. One of the sure. two usually. Um, but I, I was telling y'all before we got started. Uh, our I don't know if it's because we're in a very very conservative part of the of the U.S. Uh, but I noticed that a lot of people. Now we have a very conservative, nice, eye catching. There's nothing too crazy. There's nothing you know because we are in the buckle of the Bible Belt. We got to be careful. We're mm. not too New Agey um, that will mm. freak people out. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get we will get some Bible thumpers and y'all. Will um, think that's funny, but it's the truth. It will happen. Huh. Um, <laughs> and um, y- we notice that people will go really far away from us as they're walking around their booth. They will make the widest <laughs> oh, uh, circle possible, wow. and it's really funny because you see people coming down, and you're like, "Okay, the aisle is completely full. They have to walk by. They, you know, we're they're going to have to speak to us." And then all of a sudden, they get near our booth, and then there's this big um, semicircle. So it's always oh been God. a very, very frustrating experience. And, um, monetarily, what we have to put out, um, when I look at the financial portion of it, um, because we, and Lance, I'm not sure, do you use it, you know, for us, we, we, we do use it as an opportunity to educate, but, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I've got to make so many floats back from this. Right. So we try to measure, you know, how many people are coming from that, at least as best we can from that opportunity. And we really have never even come close to breaking even, oh, wow. um, so, from that standpoint, it's not been a great thing for us, um, but Lance, I'm kind of curious do you see is it different there? Do you see the monetary return or do you or what's your purpose in doing it and and then is that satisfied by um with the time and the effort that you put into it?
2: um well, I don't think I think the effort into it is so I had a lot of fun last year building this i I got a tote with some wheels on it, and I call it the Float Shack Mobile. And I put absolutely everything you could possibly need in there for a trade show or any expo. Uh-huh. So all I do is I just pick up my Float Shack Mobile, and I wheel that to my car, and then I'm off. So for time commitment, it's really just that day. I don't think I need much prep. I talk about floating every day anyway, so it's it's not something I have to rehearse for. Um, but what I've noticed, um, we get to see a lot of the... I would say older generation of people come through and we um, go to expos and markets. I feel a lot of our marketing is done through social media and that hits a demograph or a psychograph that's maybe a bit younger or a little more progressive. Mm-hmm. And um, when we go to our farmers markets or the expos, mm-hmm. we're grabbing a lot of the people that would more be more in tune to a newspaper or being out in the public and doing things. So I think it's beneficial that way. Um, we've um, For tracking this year, we actually had a crown at our booth because people would come by with a passport and they'd have to sort of highlight the name off of the booth they visited. So after they visit every booth, they can enter a contest. So every brochure that we sort of handed out or discount card, we'd take a, the yellow crown and write on it. And that's our way of being able to track what actually comes back. So... Hopefully we do see a good return, but um, if we're not paying for our floats, we are getting brand recognition. People are walking by, they're seeing our logo, they're seeing our faces, they're seeing that we are part of our community and we're active. So I know a lot of other businesses that are around, but they're not active in their community. They're just doing their thing and not really leaving, expecting everyone to come to them. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. You need to get out there, you need to show people what you're doing and answer those questions.
1: And, and I'm sorry, Lance, I'm, I think I missed it, but are you selling floats there or is it strictly educational?
2: Um, well, we'd take bookings. Like, we had our laptop and everything, so we could take bookings. But uh, not gift cards. We didn't, no, we didn't really want to. Um, yeah, no, we weren't selling anything there, just taking bookings. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Amy, I, I think I'm more in your camp then uh, when we do expos. And we haven't done them in at least a year because I find them emotionally exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm, I think I lean more towards introvert than extrovert because like the one-on-ones I'm really good with, but the yeah. groups just drain me. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's really fun. And it, I mean, you are on a high and it's exciting. Um, but usually when, like we do the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo, it's two days in a row. And the second day is just like, oh my God, I'm going back <laughs> into this. I need, I need recovery. Yeah.
2: Um, and it might be... No, you go, Amy.
0: I was going to say, that might just be because I, I also am an introvert, so it's very overwhelming. And <laughs> the, the expos that we've been doing are like in the big convention center where you have to go to an off-site area uh, at a certain time. And then they bring you in. and You have to drive in. And we have the banners. And we have the right. thing. Or we're required to do all this kind of stuff. So, you know, then we, we've paid $1,800 for our right. entry fee. <laughs> and then we have our, you know, several thousand into the brochures and the banners mm-hmm. and um yeah, so maybe it is an intro, uh, an introvert thing. Mark does seem to enjoy it more, but he's he loves he feeds off people and he <laughs> loves to talk to people cool. and has no problem like standing in the going into the crowd and practically dragging nice. people to the booth. And he and it's fun.
1: Um, I think I also lean more towards yours and the fact that we we go there to make, I mean, you <laughs> raise awareness, but also to make money on, I guess at least in, um, you know, making rent back or whatever you want to call that your yeah. booth fee and everything and. Yeah. Um, in portland that's that's a very different experience for us people run up to us i mean by all means many people take a look at the pictures you know we have up and are just walking right past but other people are running up people have questions and people buy floats we offer them at a discount while they're there it's like Mm -hmm. it's like kind of sale excitement um going on as well but uh we do wonderfully with those oh wow Uh, i i just It's hard to want to do them. (laughs) It's just tough because it's exhausting.
0: So just to give you an idea, um, Mm -hmm. we did the Southern Women's Show last year, uh, which is a very big, large health uh, lifestyle type place or uh, type um, convention. And basically it's local community people who do go to sell and educate people on their goods. And we sold our gift cards at a tremendous discount uh, as they told us to Uh, we sold over four days Uh, morning till night we sold three gift cards and the funny thing is is they were all people who are already floaters (laughs) and they came out just to see us and say hi and it was very sweet and it was a lovely thing we sold three (laughs) it was like wow okay well then (laughs) we we
1: clearly have very different demographics Uh, we could probably also talk about like how we're presenting our product and everything Uh but i gotta say like we slapdash printed out like large photos of float tanks and stuff and like Mm -hmm. did not have like a real professional presentation to ours so i i feel like it's mainly demographic
0: we were actually required the southern women's show they actually come by and judge your booth and you'll get kicked out if you don't you're you're not allowed to have banners you're not allowed to do certain things Uh there was like a lot of rules um, but it is interesting uh, it, we've done smaller health fairs as well and it's just it's been kind of the same thing but I do find it interesting that it's three float centers I think it all matters of what what your goal is when you're going into it um, what you expect from it for what you put out because um, you have to take into consideration for our case we had to hire you know we have to pay more because we had to have employees come into work for us we oh, were sure, out right. for those four days and set up and tear down and all that kind of stuff but I do find it interesting how all of us in our different areas are finding different results. And I love that. That's good. That's something everybody has to find out for themselves.
1: Right. I guess so, huh? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about your expo, Lance?
2: Uh, No, I look forward to the next one. And we did run out of some print material. So that's something we brought just over 500 brochures and we ran out of that. So we're on a trend of running out of print material (laughs) ever since the holiday season. So I think we need to order more.
0: May I ask real quickly, was the... uh, was the event put on by someone local, or?
2: Yeah, it was. It was put on by a local wellness, like um, they call themselves Pure Chiropractic, where they also do other wellness stuff. But okay. it was sponsored by, like, Subway was the main sponsor. So it was the Subway Healthy Living Expo, and uh, it, it was good. Lots of it was, everyone here is pretty much local, so it was nice to see. Cool.
0: Good deal.
1: Yeah, very good deal. Uh, excellent. Well, I want to move on to our, oh, Amy, that's right. At the top of the show, you yeah. talked about uh, or that yeah, newspaper well, yeah. article. Okay, so
0: this is very interesting. So a week ago, um, there was a newspaper. It wasn't even a, a local newspaper. It was actually several counties over, probably about an hour and a half away from here, well, maybe a little over an hour. And it was uh, an article about floating um, done by someone who's never floated before and uh, he's basically the article was a smattering of well this is John Lilly and he did a lot of um, LSD and then um, you get in this dark tank and it's really creepy and everybody says I'm a little crazy but I don't know I'd do it however this Float Nashville um, charges $70 for it now I'm gonna put it in my bathtub and I'm only gonna charge half the cost and they're gonna put uh,
1: Epsom salt in their bathtub. Right. right. They're gonna put Epsom yeah. salt
0: in their bathtub, and they're gonna have a float tank <laughs> in their tub, and then therefore, um, we're overpriced, and we should just all come and float in his bathtub. I so
1: finally figured it out. That sucks. We had such a good gamut <laughs> running too. All you have to do is pour pour uh, a pound Epsom of Epsom salt l- in your bathtub.
0: I know. Seriously, Gosh, no, I totally <laughs> screwed up that one. But um, <laughs> no. it wasn't a horrible article, um, as far as. It wasn't too in, insulting or anything necessarily bad. It was, um, it's just kind of an odd, just kind mm-hmm. of odd. Yeah, um, and I
1: I read that and it was quite an odd article. It felt like a high schooler, writing yeah. <laughs> I It just felt like very um in love with his own voice. Yeah. It was very odd to read
0: uh, and, that. And article. I wasn't quite sure what the point of it was. <laughs> yeah. How, I totally. mean, well, the why are you writing about if you've never done it and you think it's creepy? then why but okay that's cool whatever. I
1: definitely left you with kind of uh, just like a huh, <laughs> was, I, Yeah I was like uh,
0: okay. Um, so I went back I actually left um, I left a message, or not a message, I actually left a comment on the online version. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically educating. It was. It was mostly all about hey you know you got a few things right this is what okay. a float tank does it's really not as crazy as it sounds it's just a basic physiological response to this really unique environment um, and I basically ended it by inviting him to come and float and said, P.S., when you get your bathtub regulated and um, permitted and all those <laughs> Epsom salt issues worked out, really? hey, give me a call. I will come and float. And by the way, I won't write about how creepy it is um, until I find s- out firsthand.
1: Did you say that? You left <laughs> yeah. that in the comments?
0: Yeah, I did. That's I mean, it wasn't in a mean way. There was a yeah, yeah, mean, I, I get it.
1: I get But that's um, hilarious. Can we so post? I'll, I'll,
0: I totally do. If he's gonna if he's gonna make a float tank in his bathtub, I'll, I'll pay <laughs> half price to come float. I'm curious.
1: That's funny. Um, can we can
2: we put a link to that on the show notes? Absolutely. To the article. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> um, I did. Do you I know? I've so had, I was like, going to ask if you knew yeah. how big his bathtub is cuz well, I barely fit in my bathtub I know, so right? I don't know.
0: I did mention I I took it out cuz I was afraid it would sound bitchy and I really I wasn't going for a bitchy. <laughs> <at all. laughs> um I mentioned, you know, when you get a new bathtub that's big enough and you know, I fit but I I took right. that part out cuz I was afraid it would be mis uh, misconstrued little. as something I was oh. just trying to be mean but Oh right. Um uh, right. but I did actually send a letter to the editor and also invited the Gentleman who wrote that uh, to come and float, and then <laughs> to rewrite, or to write an, a follow-up article on yeah. the hopefully not creepy experience, <laughs> as he was so concerned about in his article. Um, so, what it comes down to, I think, is my first initial response to that uh, that article was, well, that's just kind of rude and kind of dumb. But the reality of it is, it turned out to be a really positive thing and an opportunity to educate and hopefully an opportunity to get even more exposure. The reality of it is I got a really nice little boost of uh, traffic to my website. Nice. And hopefully I'll get a little bit more time in front of the eyes of some people, you know, not too far away from me. So all in all, you know, I I think... uh, these little opportunities pop up and sometimes when we run our own float center and we have no one else to help us we may miss out on those but mm-hmm. man when you get a chance to take advantage of it absolutely do it go ahead and talk to people don't be afraid <laughs> to stand up publicly and, and educate I think uh, it turned into a really positive experience wow. and well hopefully done. we can all benefit
1: well done whereas you could either just let it go <laughs> or attack back way to put a spin on it and make something real positive out yeah. of it that, that's really
0: cool I'm hoping he comes and I'm hoping he has a great float that i'm excited i'm excited
1: i'm excited as well such an odd article it was very odd yeah it was
0: odd (laughs) i'll get you that link we can all share the love
1: um moving on to our our show show title here the worst mistakes we've made and starting and running our businesses i want to get into that but first i I do want to thank our sponsor of the show float away Um, we own our tranquility float tank at the float shop and um it's quite a few people's it was the first tank that definitely had favorites um, that people would only book if there was a float away tranquility available there it's a it's a really good float tank and they've only improved it this is a model that's gosh it's maybe near 10 years old now Um, so they're only making them better they also have round float away pools at liber it's I easily the best float experience i've ever had is in the round float away pools Um, if you have the space for that that is absolutely worth having i my dream is to have those floatarounds in our in our float uh, in our float center because they are absolutely in- absolutely incredible. Um, and Colin's a, a genius. Can I? I mean, he's just yeah. an incredibly smart man. I mean, it just it, an engineer, it's isn't Unbelievable. He? Oh yeah, he's, he's an
2: aer- aeronautics engineer. Yeah, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He
1: used to work on on airliners. I, I couldn't tell you what, and he could tell me what, but I still wouldn't understand. Um, <laughs> but now he's applying that genius to float tanks. So. You can also do a lot of a lot of modifications and custom things involved with with uh setting up your float center too. So um it doesn't just have to be the exact uh, exact specs of of um what they deliver. They can do a lot of mods. So just wanna uh thank Float Away for sponsoring again. Uh, you can check them out at www.floataway.com. Um anywho. <sighs> who wants to start? Who wants to start down this dark path?
0: Oh, so many mistakes, so little time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: uh, Yeah, sure. I'll put it out there. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Let's review all the things that I've done wrong um, that I've just in regards to business, please. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that narrows it down a little (laughs) bit, tiny little bit. Um, Okay. So um, let me start out by saying, when we started looking for space, um, we were turned down more times than I care to Mm. admit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a tough. It was a tough road. So we—I don't want to say we settled. We actually have some great landlords who've allowed us to do things that most places would not allow us to do. But we did choose a place that's only eleven hundred square feet. We have no storage space. Mm -hmm. um, We can only fit three float tanks. We've topped out three float tanks, and our lobby's tiny. There's a lot of, a lot of storage issues. So because of that, we have. we have actually have uh, off site storage space, oh. and I have an off site office. All those things added ah. up, we could have a really nice space now if we could put all that money into one large facility. So um, I think if I could go back, I would definitely hold off for a larger location um, where I could monetize it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something, you know, when you put so much money into build out in one location. You know it's it's kind of tough if you have made that mistake but it's yeah it's something definitely to think about think about your growth think about how you're going to monetize it um don't make don't make that mistake again got it uh the Uh, other one before
1: before you go on i want to do a little just bounce around here a little bit lance do you want to share one of your one of your lessons that you've learned (laughs) or at least Uh the one of the mistakes you've made
2: (laughs) yeah I've made one mistake (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, one of the mistakes we made during our construction phase was um, due to our local permitting and everything we had to get plumbers to come in and do our plumbing and they gave us a quote and we looked at that and a lot of the quote was fixtures so we're like okay we'll source our own fixtures we got some friends that are in the industry we'll get some discount rates you know we'll source all our own fixtures We'll install everything, no problem. So the contractor says, "Okay, yep, that's fine with us. You can do that." And uh, we continue with the project. We worked hard. We sourced all our pro- uh, all our products we needed, and we installed it ourselves. But meantime, um, the plumbers they seem to, we'll say, slack or dog it a little bit. <laughs> And in the end, after we put in all the work of sourcing our own fixtures and getting everything done, the bill came out to pretty much the same as oh. we were quoted with them supplying and installing everything. So Whoa. with us trying to save a few bucks, um, it's it wasn't really worth it because we didn't save any money, right. and we did a lot more work. Right. So next time, we're just going to use the plumbing company we choose. We're going to go with the products they have or the the wholesalers they deal with and let them install it. Nice, yeah. So <laughs> that's well, one of the...
1: Lance? W- oh, sorry, Amy, what were you going
0: to say? No, I was going to say, because d- d- uh, I agree with Lance. Um, it is, you know, when we when we, in the beginning, we tried to save so much money and the next time we're like, okay, we are not, we're yeah. not doing all the painting Funny. ourselves. We're just, the money is the money's worth it dylan did you have any incidents of that
1: yep that was actually that was my number one pain <laughs> was paying, <laughs> paying for people to do the work um i think i spent four months doing construction on on our three um three float rooms and we only opened with two of them actually ready to go and it was a few months before we opened our infinity float tank and oh my gosh um i hit a terrible depression during that time i i couldn't think straight i mean. Everything was just construction, every waking moment. Um, Watch Deep Space Nine on Netflix like twice the entire series with it just on in the background. I'm not sure if that's good for your psyche either. Um, but, But yeah, in the end, we opened December 14th. So it was this big push to open before Christmas. But had we just hired somebody, meanwhile, we pay a pretty decent penny on rent, and that would we would have been open earlier making money paying rent instead of or or, uh, excuse me yeah being able to pay for rent instead of eating into our our um savings which is what we were doing anyways the reason we opened with two float tanks instead of three was because we were out of money and if we didn't open we were um we weren't going to be able to pay rent on on january 1st so we we had to open um so yeah it's it's interesting to think um the the benefits of of Say, save it. time is money i guess we talked about mm-hmm. that in the last episode too and the other thing is the naivete of how much work something is going to take yes. every single time we do construction we go well this is you know here are the three things we need to do and as it turns out there are 10 steps between every single one of those and a lot of them require a lot of expertise to do and particularly to do you know with quality so yeah just to back up lance man Oh, hiring somebody can be a really good idea. Although Lance's is kind of a lame one. I, I don't like that. They kind of <laughs> jacked you like that. They, they yeah. should have lowered the price more. That shouldn't be the moral of that story. Because we do that a lot, too. We, we've done that with our plumbers. We've done that with electrical. Like, if we do it right, the, the contractor will come in and verify things or do the parts that we're not able to do um, that are kind of outside of our pay grade and, and um, sign off on that before the inspections. So.
2: Mm-hmm. No, we did, like I said, we've done pretty much all our own construction except for the electrical, which had to be done by certified electrician, and uh-huh. the plumber, mm-hmm. which had to be done by a certified plumber. Um that's something um i talked about this with my partner matthew my business partner matthew and mm-hmm. uh he's he said he next time he does not want to do construction that was just too overwhelming huh. too much but Thought. i i like the construction <laughs> i challenged myself in ways nice. that i've never been challenged i learned so much and those are that's stuff i can take with me in life so next yeah. time i go to you know build a deck or build you know anything in my house or my next float center i've I've done all the research i've hit myself with a hammer i've took a grinder to the hand like it's it's great experience but you know i i, I like doing my own construction that was uh
1: that's interesting and, and i really enjoy construction as well but
2: um from a business standpoint it may not make sense but i feel like i'm so picky and and right you know every little thing for me it would i'd be i'd feel like i'd be correcting him you know? <laughs>
1: I gotta say, you do walk away with so much expertise, like being able to tile showers. I'm laying all the insulation and heat rock—excuse oh, me, heat rock, sheetrock—up in the attic um, at our at our house and doing all this uh, work that I would never contemplate doing beforehand. So, yeah, there is the kind of intangible takeaway uh, as well. So, there is that plus. As we do add more rooms and everything, we're able to do more for those contractors and everything. That um, I mean, honestly, I think we do most of the work at this point. Um, Eh, I don't know if that's completely honest, but um, w- far more than than we were able to previously. We know how to swing a hammer now. It's cool. Nice,
0: nice.
1: Amy. You were you were going into something there before I cut you off. Oh, something yeah. else.
0: Oh gosh, I have a whole list. <laughs> 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 nice. We could probably spend the next few hours. That's very sad, but sad to say, but. No, I think
1: that's a great thing for people to know is how you make 100 mistakes during opening and, and probably, I mean, every business day, I mean, you you could be doing better, right? Whether it's connecting with a client or making more money or spending less money. We're all making mistakes all the time, but that doesn't mean you can't be uh, profitable, um, sure. <laughs> pay, your, pay your rent and, and, and run a quality business. So I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all to say that you have 100 mistakes. Yeah. Um, we I'm all no want to be Lance and weeks. only have
2: one. That's but.
1: right.
2: <laughs> I don't want to call them mistakes. I want to call them things I do differently. Nice. I, I really Learning experiences? A mistake, I find that being too negative. But okay. I like to see everything <laughs> as something I, can, I, I, something I can learn from that lesson. So, things I will I never know. do again. <laughs> there you go. That sounds... Yeah. Wait, wait. No, Lance,
1: what, what would, if you were to truncate it into like, just a few words, what would it be?
2: How, uh, what, what would you call it? A uh, lesson? I don't know. I, I wouldn't call the it mistake. It's okay. you made a decision that wasn't, you know, hundred percent satisfactory. But at the time, you thought that was right. You sure. thought you were doing the right thing. So you learned from that. You weren't really. I don't know. Maybe I'm just out to the ballpark here. I don't no, know. No, no. I actually just when wanted you know to know what we do. should title the show. Out to the ballpark.
1: <laughs> out <laughs> to the ballpark. <laughs> uh sorry please oh
0: no it's you're fine actually since we're talking about construction yeah so um when we started we had a regulation for our floors uh we were told that we could do one of two things we could put tile down um or we could put painted concrete and it had to be painted and they had to approve the color Okay yeah so uh, yeah uh, <laughs> it's, okay it's, <laughs> By the way, we had to pay we had to pay them to choose the color we had to take oh a few options and they we God. paid them and they got to choose the color um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's tennessee uh so we we said okay that's fine we went with the concrete because i think that tile is a is a death trap in a floor <laughs> room um and i'm like well you know i'm kind of mm. like against my clients falling and and cracking their head open so let's try the concrete huh. um so they approved the concrete, and we had to, of course, it had to be painted. We could not leave it dark because mm-hmm. it was too dark. That doesn't fit regulations. Huh. Um, so we had to paint the concrete. So we did that. Uh, so they sloped the concrete, and we painted the concrete. And here's the problem. salt water on painted concrete. Right. Um, didn't work real well. Uh, and Short not lived. only was the paint chipping on a daily basis, Mark was actually painting our floors twice a week. They would come in for their surprise inspection, <laughs> and if there's any chips in the floor, we would get knocked off for it.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So not only was the paint coming off, but then the floor started breaking off. So our we started losing our slopes because, like, chunks Whoa. of concrete would come off. Uh, so we were getting points off for that. Oof. Um <laughs> it was the most frustrating like y'all made us do this Mm -hmm. and now you're not in here painting on your hands and knees painting every morning so um, so so anyway I I said some other choice things Um, so we finally (laughs) talked to a company uh, that developed some flooring some epoxy flooring that um, that we had to pay by the way to get approved so we paid a lot of money and they thought about it for a while and of course then they had to you know choose our color uh, and we had the epoxy <laughs> floors put down. <laughs> so the epoxy floors do great. We Now we have three float rooms. So we put it in our third float room, which uh, that was the first layer. It didn't have the concrete floors because it was a massage room before we put this epoxy floor down. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the rooms that had the concrete in, the floor doesn't sit correctly. So the floor actually cracks constantly. Oh. So we are repairing and putting in new floors um, annually. Oh, and it's a wow. very, very expensive mistake but it's one that we're stuck with um for now and anyway. so what
1: if if they have the choice what is the answer to that problem
0: so the the choice is if you were starting a float center in tennessee <laughs> <laughs> while you're going through what they call variances um, and they say what are you going to choose you say i'm going to choose neither and since i'm already paying for you to approve this um, these are some other options that we have and we want you to consider these options because and
1: they will consider other options. Uh,
0: some uh, now, you have to. <laughs> it depends on your health inspector and your health people. Um, but in Davidson County, we were able to get a variance. Okay. Um, so done. that is
1: possible. So that's probably possible outside of Nashville. So
0: yeah, say. hopefully, in some counties, you'll be able to uh, to get that variance. So the flooring uh, was a disaster, and yeah. not asking, not thinking it through, or not knowing enough ahead of time. Um, you know, it costs us more money on the on the end side of it.
2: Oh, hey. so why did they have to choose your flooring?
0: <laughs> um, because, so so remember we are considered swimming pools and part of swimming pool regulations are, it has to do with the flooring and the materials in the room and in the swimming pool regulations it specifically states you are allowed to have either a painted concrete floor or a tile floor and the floor has to be a light color and something that they deem light enough. They have to approve the color of your flooring. So basically what you have to do is take in Um, A few color options and they will Choose the one that they think is Appropriate or deny You all those colors but they want it to This is the funny thing they want it to Be light so they can see the dirt and I Said y'all you're not gonna Be able to see the salt in the (laughs) issue That we're gonna have we don't have A normal swimming pool issue Um, Yeah It was it's uh, they're a little Different there we're still working Still working with these people so
2: is Your floor anti-slip or is yes it yes is? the okay. epoxy
0: is amazing actually um the concrete was <laughs> still and we had a sh- the shark something you call it, shark tooth or shark bite um, mm-hmm. that made the floor uh, have some sort of grip to it the epoxy is fantastic um it's pretty rough but um it works beautifully and we have not had any slips we have not had any issues um
1: do you see any corrosion occurring?
0: None, except for in the rooms where, right. where of course, we've had to put it over the, the concrete. Right. Other than that, no. No problems cool. at all. It's holding up beautifully going into year two in room number three.
1: Nice. That uh, that just backs up what I've heard as well. Is polyurethane and epoxy um, will stand up to salt. They're meant for a very intense chemical environments. And
2: we use a, we a polyaspartic. Up. It's similar to an epoxy. Um, it's Mm -hmm. water-based and when it the water evaporates is when it dries but it dries into like a rubber compound nice and then we uh sprinkled some sand on top and did a clear coat and uh it's been really good for us nice Nice. and one little issue but we fixed that up what's that lance (laughs) um we have a well of course we have a floor drain in every room and when we put our floor down um we didn't like Put the material further, farther enough down the drain, uh-huh. so it started to lift at the edge of the drain. Uh-huh. But we just cut out an inch around and redid it, and then uh, okay, yeah, cool, just filled okay. it up down there, and it's sealed really good. Good to know. Very cool. nice.
0: Cool.
1: Nice. Um, as we were kind of talking about construction constructiony stuff, uh, something else popped up, which is doing your research beforehand. Um, and it and it was more difficult, I guess, five years ago when Sandra and I were researching, but do your research on what a float room design should look like do your research on soundproofing um i mean back then we thought sound we thought float tanks were soundproof (laughs) it was like i i think about that now and it's like how dumb were we but i think it's a common misconception is that a float tank itself is going to reduce sound so much and i think people even believe that there's something that exists that is soundproofed which is you don't hear sound when that doesn't really exist everything's about getting as close as you can to absolute zero, but it it doesn't really exist. So um, just doing as much research as possible so that when you do your construction, you do it right from the get-go. Because remodeling, that's that's bad. Once you're open and wanting to close a float tank for any amount of time, the noise, I mean, just everything involved with remodel is more work. So if you can do it from the ground up, from the
2: beginning.
0: Save yourself a lot of money.
2: Yeah. Another lesson I've learned from, I wouldn't call it a mistake, (laughs) um, but I think we built our float rooms a little too big. Oh, wow. Um, We wanted to make it a little... We wanted it to be comfortable for everyone that goes in there, but comfortable is just we got wasted space now. So Um, we'd go a lot smaller next time, and that's uh, less room for people to walk around and (laughs) move salt around for no apparent reason. (laughs) (laughs) So so now we've learned we're, we're... Wise doing, words. We're doing yeah. different things in a room to sort of direct the traffic mm-hmm. by uh, just putting different things. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> All close so, together. Yeah, we're trying to direct the flow of traffic. So mm-hmm. if you're wet, you're sort of staying in this section. If you're salty, you're in this section. And if you're over here, you should be dry. <laughs> but that's still a work in progress.
0: It's funny. We but, talked about that in our next location as well. Sometimes we walk in the float room and Mark is like, what were they doing right? in here? I don't understand. How did
1: Salt even get onto that wall? I, like you can't reach that wall from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for anybody listening who just heard that maniacal knowing laughter, know <laughs> that is the truth. That is the truth. Don't think that people are going to behave the way that you behave. Salt will get Everywhere, people and A lot of the time, things.
2: I think it's because they just don't know what happens when salt water gets somewhere. They think it's like a, a hot tub. You get out, ah, you get right. some water on the ground, it goes to the drain, you mop it up, that's it. But sure. some people will, I don't know if they're, they get out halfway through their float and have to, you know, walk it off to, you know, get, <laughs> you know, get, I don't know. <laughs> But sometimes it's you, you look in there and it's just it's like there's cardio. a tsunami, there, you know, salt right. on the salt on the roof from someone Seriously. flinging their head back and, uh, right. you know, you're just you do you do get the salt on the ceiling. So I bad. always thought too. I was like, oh no, our clients, our we'll, we'll walk through them. We'll walk them through real right. well. They won't make any mess. You know, we're good. Other floaters are crazy. They just don't do good walkthroughs.
0: Nope, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. a-
1: anything else from you guys? Anything else that you? you'd do differently
0: well if we can talk uh, any about any other
1: <laughs> lessons not mistakes
0: yeah <laughs> we can talk about let's talk real quick about um about the other side we talked about construction but mm-hmm. i think one of the biggest mistakes i made and that i will never do again is we waited six months to hire our first employee
2: and it's a long time. It it's is a,
0: a long time. time. We were exhausted. We were tired. And I realized nothing was getting done other than uh, just being in that float center day to day. And we were falling behind on everything else. And uh, it was costing us some other um, some other things that weren't so good, like, you know, sanity and a life and friends and um, and getting our bookkeeping done. You know, stuff that really does uh, reflect on, on our float business. And we were on the edge of sanity. <laughs> No sleep, yeah, miserable, some depression Ugh. for sure, okay, burnout, so burnout um, mm. yeah, yeah, the struggles real <laughs> uh, Struggle so I will never real. I will never wait to hire employees. I think that mm. w- that's probably the one mistake that always stands out to me and comes to my mind most when people ask, what would you do different hire. Mm hire people don't hesitate it's not hard i think it, it seems very difficult a lot of people are like well I, don't, I can't hire someone i can't afford it i don't know right. um once you get a we, we use a we use a pay system we use a uh, what i can't really think of what it's called off the top of my head payroll but we use uh, an organization that, that actually does all the payroll d- and actually right. takes care of the taxes for us it was ah. the easiest thing ever it is the best money i spend every month and uh if i would have known how easy it was i would have never ever waited
1: Did you have to wait any amount of time? Would you have done it from opening?
0: I would have done it. I would have done it from opening, or at least a a month or so into it. Yeah. But that's the other thing too: is you don't know how much money you're gonna make. It's very scary in the beginning. I'm the conservative one monetarily. Mm Uh, as far as, you know, when Mark and I talk, I'm like, you know, we only have this much in the bank account. Mark's like, oh, I ran a business and we had like $3 in the bank account. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, well, well like, maybe that fine. was a problem, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly how I'd respond. So we have very different mindsets as to I, I'm very careful spending money. Every little penny's accounted for. Um, but I got to loosen up on that crap. Uh, it has not served. It's served as well in some areas, but... Yeah. Um, we, we could have been a lot happier running our float center.
1: The, the, the old adage, the penny wise, pound foolish.
0: Um, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, I completely agree. I, we didn't go six months. It was like, I think three months. And I think Sandra just demanded that we have an employee. She was working as a nurse full time. Mm. I was working at the float shop full time, which is, I mean, opening to closing and, you know, all the wrapping up and everything, the, the shutting it down. And, and like you said, kind of going insane, losing the sanity, let alone social life. I mean, that was furthest from <laughs> <like> reality, but, <laughs> but just losing my mind and complete exhaustion. And it, it's so hard to make that call. When do we actually make that hire? Um, when is it financially feasible? But oh my god, every time we make a choice where we you know, give more hours to employees or you know, hire our first employee, the float shop seems to grow right around mm-hmm. that time. Um, and uh, I don't think it's just kismet. Or any, I think also just like you are freed up. I think um, you can think about marketing. You can think about social media. You you are the owner. There's nobody who's going to put more passion into the business than you are. So if you can get somebody who can do one piece of your job, then you can be freed up for all these things that are um, kind of above, the, the more managerial over oversight things. Yeah. Makes um, a big difference.
2: So, so I'm still... still running into somewhat of that same situation but talking about hiring myself <laughs> so it's been a year and a half and we'd I've hire been, you lance we'd hire you thank you thank <laughs> you i'd love to be in portland by the way it's my nice. favorite city oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, but yeah i've been working well F- float shack's been open for a year and a half and the first six months i spent the time there i wasn't paying myself i Lived off my savings and dwindled that down to nothing to the point where I had to go back and work almost a full time job. So I work a job three days a week and I try and get full time hours in those days. So anywhere from 12 to 16 hour days or 10 to 16 hour days, I should say. And I'm starting to see now that it's all, it's not benefiting the float check at all. Hmm. Uh, When I'm gone for those three days, my projects sort of come to a halt. Right, Uh, Right. My mindset comes to a halt. And come back on Friday, when I get back to the shack, it's playing catch-up. And then Saturday, it's catch-up. And then Sunday is my day off where, well, it's more catch-up. And then Monday is maintenance, and then it's back to work. So I'm starting to see now that by resisting paying myself through the business um, and me being away, um, it's not moving as quickly as it could be if I was there. So Mm -hmm. that's something I've learned is it's... Uh it, it may seem like I want the I want the business to benefit and I don't right. want to be greedy and be, you know, paying myself when we could be growing our business, getting another float tank, doing our community space. But I'm starting to see now that I, I'm extremely passionate about my business. My passion and being there all the time will go a lot further than hiring another employee or doing anything like that. So I'm that's a mistake that. I've made is being disconnected from my, my true love. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got to put stock in yourself, I think particularly as the business owners. My goodness. Yeah. Well,
2: it was such a big change for me, like working as an oil field mechanic, doing pretty good financially, to being an entrepreneurial that makes no money. So before this, I had... I, I racked up, you know, loans and a mortgage and debt, and um, I never thought <laughs> I would leave that comfy right. mechanic <laughs> position to take on an entrepreneurial journey. And now that I did, it's... You know, trying to get those that debt down with little money coming in, but still, you know, surviving and getting through. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs>
0: well, you know, when you're in it every way, every day too, um, when you're in your business every day, you see opportunities where all of a sudden you can do things without spending the money. So that, that money coming into you is actually being multiplied by the opportunities you get to take advantage of, the opportunities you get to see hmm. uh, that you might have missed otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Wow, Lance, with how much you do already <laughs> when you're working just <laughs> full time. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens.
2: I'm I excited guess. for that too. It's it's looking like a month and a half away, so the okay, countdown's cool. on. And <laughs> there's there's a breakdown that <laughs> happened a little bit back where the the choice was made that I just can't do it. It's just overwhelming. Em- it's emotional too, breakdown
1: or like yeah, you did like I,
2: I was literally we had our business meeting and I literally just broke out in tears and like a panting cry because I just oh, couldn't oh. I couldn't do anymore. Like it's just. Oh. Yeah, it was it was pretty deep, but then you know, <laughs> right then and there we said, Okay, we know what has to be done. Right. Make a goal and we'll do it. Just um, like we've always done.
1: May I ask how is going to non float shack job now that you know that you're gonna be leaving? Is, is it? it is is it more difficult, like like, oh my god, I'm almost out of here, or are you able to just buckle down and do it?
2: well it's 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 really difficult to do because i'm getting covered in oil and grease and melting snow and it's it's really uncomfortable it is extremely (laughs) uncomfortable but i'm lucky after i made this choice the uh week i went back to work um my boss there actually said he hired another mechanic so i get to sort of work with this mechanic and transition him into this position and by the time he's good to go i'll be good to leave so it's it works out really good because working i'm working for another small business as a mechanic he owns a, a trucking company oh, wow. so okay. after my business experience and working for a small business i've got to see i got to see the guts of a business and i've i've taken a lot of this to heart you know every cool. dollar every when yeah. a truck's not down not working how that's affecting everything right. so i've took his business like to my heart and yeah and It just goes to you can't serve two masters, you know? Mm. You got to focus on, you got to serve one master, not two. Or or you you can, but you're not going to do it well. You're not going to do it well. You know, you got to give it all in. I listen to a lot of of entrepreneurial podcasts, Uh and and the biggest thing is you got to give it all up. You got to do everything you have to do. You're going to be as as uncomfortable as hell, but you will be rewarded. You just got to keep working, keep grinding, do what you have to do, and it will... It will come back that energy will be returned. Nice.
1: That's awesome. My my brother is opening his business right now, his his first business, um uh Smoke on the Mountain. It's a marijuana dispensary. Probably not going to get one of those in Nashville anytime soon. <laughs> no. Uh Oregon's a little little more Sadly liberal no. here. Sadly no. And um and uh, I I see him in that social life gone, just everything. He's he's absolutely thrown himself into it. So um He's an entrepreneur. Uh, Congratulations, Stuart, for on your opening, by the way. Um, But uh, let's see here. Um, Speaking of employees and the hiring employees, um, also something I found is giving up control to employees is incredibly beneficial as well because you think that um, it's hard to describe it because I, I don't feel like I have the mindset exactly anymore, but basically we were running... Um, the float shop a particular way and, and needed certain amount of hours in there, you know, always needed to be at least Sandra and I on staff, you know, and then another staff member along with us, something like that. But once we took the community space over, we realized we need to put all of our attention into this. And we didn't quite feel like the float shop was running tip top at that point in time. But we, we decided to make the leap anyway. We did that and all of a sudden all of our employees just boop, 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 just completely took more ownership, uh became like took more managerial uh, mentalities and just saw the float shop through different eyes because we weren't being helicopter parents, you know, right? Being being over saying, No, 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 I'll take care of this or blah blah you know, you just do that. Um, all of a sudden they took took the float shop like into their own hands and mm-hmm. so that that was another thing which you know first hire an employee but second once they get the grips let them let them run with it and see what they do Not, I don't think every, every employee will but overall the shop the, the employees really really took it over it was cool
0: I'm finding well we're in that position right now we just hired one of our employees and put her in charge as a manager uh-huh. and I am finding I have to work super super hard because Mark and I are still there And I'm like, man, it must be hard for her that here she is trying to take (laughs) over. And there's Mark and I are, you know, there every day, still working in in that kind of capacity. And I know there's been many times where we've had to direct other employees, like, you have a question, you got to ask, you got to ask Jessica. She's the she's the go to, she's the go to. So what we've decided to do is we're having a a meeting once a week. But it's really hard for me not to, like, okay, well, Jessica, I want you to do this, but I'll take it this week and I'll do this. Um, I keep getting looks from Mark and Mark's my uh, business partner is going. you know, hey, back off, get out of here, <laughs> nice. knock it off, let her do it, she's fine. Yeah, um, yeah micromanaging is a tough right. tough thing to quit. As, I've as got issues.
1: Sandra and I are coming closer to having kids. I we're really, this feels very parallel to parenting at this point, like the benefits of being hands off and letting uh, letting a kid experience on their own. Um, but in this case, adults and, and yeah. careers.
0: They're going to be just fine nuts, I gotta remind myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they
1: they really will. We
0: hired her for a reason. She's good. Mm -hmm. It's okay. (laughs) And I'm saying that for my own benefit. (laughs) 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 To remind myself of that.
2: I, I got a couple other lessons I've learned. <laughs> oh really? Oh, oh good. So no. there's only one it's, mistake, but than... lots of lessons learned. That's that's yes. good to know. Yes, okay. that's how it goes. Oh, okay. Lots of lessons. Okay. Life I was is a lesson I misinterpreted
1: here. at the beginning. That was my fault. I apologize. <laughs> that's, that's okay, Dylan. No hard feelings. <laughs> my mistake.
2: <laughs> so one of the lessons I've learned, uh, both of these will actually be due to marketing. Oh, so one I'm I've glad learned Glad you brought that up. Is um some of our graphic design work and our our print material or brochures that stuff when we designed that we really wanted to have everything you could possibly have in our brochure and we sort of overdid it there was too much going on just like our membership that we started out there was just too much we need to step back and simplify everything so as we move forward now all our marketing materials coming out a little more simpler a little more to the point if you need more information We have a website that has everything you need to know, but on this piece of paper, it only has the basics. And the number two lesson I've learned is radio advertising is no good for the float industry. (laughs) I'm so glad. I thought you were going to say it was like king. (laughs) I was like, oh,
1: my God. No,
2: we, um, we sort of got throwing into a radio deal i don't know how Uh i went into a radio station to give them some free floats to hand out i was like here you can give out some free floats and next thing you know they came by and they're telling me all this wonderful marketing stuff and how many people we're gonna hit and (laughs) i signed the paper (laughs) and we did three months with radio we spent over five thousand dollars on radio and we saw a handful of people come in from the radio Uh but for brand recognition tons of people heard about us sure But you try explaining the concept of floating in a saltwater box of nothingness to a conservative community in a 30-second ad. It's almost impossible. You can't explain everything floating is in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So if you can, please let me know how you do that because that's that's wonderful. This us a speakpipe at heartoffloating.com.
0: It's funny you bring that up. We actually had a radio, uh, a local radio station, come by this week and want us want us to sign up for a three month contract. And I told Mark, I said immediately, just put it. This. No, just said no. I don't even have to look at it. No, not gonna happen. Yeah, we learned we learned that very expensive lesson ourselves in year number one. So uh, thank you for.
2: <laughs> yeah, year one, you learn that too. I can get more <laughs> impact from a like a well hitting social media <laughs> ad than I can. From that radio yep. campaign. And oh, we, yeah, had, three, we had three live-on locations, so they were there. You know, they set up their DJ booth, oh, and wow. they're, hey, come on down to the float shack, you know, in the radio voice. Oh, my God. And it was actually quite embarrassing because <laughs> they're on the radio, but no one came in the whole time. And I'm like, oh, interesting. are you sure that thing's on, man? Because, <laughs> like, no one's coming through the door, and wow. we got sales on and an open house. And Oh, yeah. wow,
1: interesting. huh? Yeah.
2: Maybe it was just a bad station we picked, but...
1: Well, I maybe gotta say, maybe not a demograph I mean, or a psychograph, but floating definitely difficult uh, to get in a thirty-second elevator speech, let alone like getting people in your door, et cetera. But like radio in general, like I don't, I just don't feel like that's good advertising in general. I mean, I listen to Spotify, people listen to Pandora, or even like stream YouTube. Um, I, I don't know anybody who really listens to the radio anymore. I, I have podcasts that play, so to to reach our demographic, like you said, Facebook. Targeting is is our best asset,
0: mm-hmm. and the other issue I think with uh, radio as well is no visuals, and visuals really help us <laughs> explain and to sell the float experience. Mm. Visuals have been very helpful for us. Nice, but yeah, thank you for for bringing that up, Lance. That's an important one I think that we also learned and will not repeat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice.
1: Um, sorry, go ahead, Lance.
2: I was going to say one thing that did work really well for us (laughs) was uh, getting an app. We just, um, through MindBody, you can sign up to get a mobile app. We see probably like five or six downloads a week from that app and people like (laughs) signing up for because I can see if people are signing on our website or signing up through the mobile app, and the Uh mobile app seems to get more attention than our website for some reason.
1: (laughs) Well, when I look at statistics for theartoffloating.com, people read online mobile. Um, I I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's at least over half Mm -hmm. uh, are people on the go. I mean, gosh, you're in a checkout line for 10 seconds. You take your phone out, you know? I mean, that's just kind of where we're at these days. So true. Um, but one other thing I wanted to mention when, when you brought up marketing, I was like, Oh my God, if we had hired somebody to do our construction, we could have put attention on marketing. And that's one thing that we, I feel like we we're always kind of catching up from was, uh, our lack of advertising when we first opened and we didn't really have like a campaign or anything when, when we first launched and just how, how nice it would be to let somebody else do construction and put our kind of owner hats on and, and develop the, the game plan for, for marketing. And so, um, just one more little little aha moment, one more lesson learned. Yeah.
0: Mm. It was nice. Uh, that's one thing that we did that we splurged on in the very beginning that I will never regret, and that is we hired someone to do our social media and to do some PR <laughs> for us like months before we even opened. Huh. And at the time I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're spending all this money." <laughs> yeah. But the reality of it is when we had our open house and we had, you know, 200 people wow. walk through that door wow. and buy Floats. I was like, okay, best money ever. Damn. Because I wasn't real versed in what to do, and we were so worried about construction, and I was still trying to run my right. other business, and huh. yeah, it was it was worth it.
1: Cool, nice. It's great to have a hand you know, backing That's backing nice. that yeah. up. That's, That's great.
0: It was a nice splurge. I'd love to do that again.
1: Well, you guys, before we wrap it up, are there any other lessons learned?
0: <laughs> uh, a lot. Uh, a I'm going to mention with this, since we're talking about employees, real quick is not being more meticulous in the beginning of setting up our systems
1: not being so meticulous
0: not being as meticu- meticulous i oh, were a laid-back place it didn't matter um so we did start setting up those systems later on but it's really tough to train employees that were used to it being very loosey-goosey and oh, so being, more meticulous, loosey- being more meticulous from the beginning Got it. okay got with it. systems and setting it up and got it uh, and having those things in place cool. um, it's caused a little bit of problems it's made uh, transition a little bit harder uh-huh. um, all, overall everybody's doing great but um, I wish we would have had more uh, a better plan for systems for pretty much everything in our place from the beginning uh, I wish we would have put more thought into that
2: huh. got it I know it's tough to do systems because when we started we didn't know we didn't know what was going on with running a <laughs> float center you know we knew what had to be done you had to clean up you have to do your checks but the systems we had when we started versus the systems we have now. Two completely <laughs> different systems. We've learned a lot. And nice. I totally agree with you. When we first started, we sort of had some some friends come on and help us. And that, you know, we had oh, to cool. break that, you know, you're an employee, you're still a friend, but you know we need to... I, I sort of get where you're going there. That transition from being super easy and, and cool going to being a little more <laughs> standardized. <laughs>
1: Well, if you don't have employees yet, one thing I would do is just write down everything I do. And so when we had employees on, it just in our Google Drive, at least there was like a framework for mm-hmm. like how a transition kind of looks or at least looked in my head with two people, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. if anybody's at home or at their at their float center at the front desk with some downtime, just start writing down what, what it is that you do. Because someday, ideally, somebody else is doing that.
0: And then the nice thing about writing it down, which is what we're doing now, is... Then you have not only the framework, but you have a book to pass along. If you have to leave or uh. like in my case, I know I bring this up a lot, but my uh, but Mark had um heart surgery mm-hmm. collapsed at the float center one day, um, and he was gone, and there I was with a bunch of employees doing his work that. You know, I'd have to go to the hospital. Like, hey, I know you're under Uh-oh. anesthesia, or you're not, you're not doing great. But, but I kind of need to know oh how to do God. this, this, and this. <laughs> um, it was a hard lesson to learn, uh, and it was a rough lesson to learn. That we will never, ever have that problem again. If something happens to Mark and I, there's, there's stuff in place that anybody can pick up. At least the majority of the day-to-day, the important stuff, um, and that's important to think about because um, you never know what's going to happen.
1: Um, are your employees able to write in your manual and edit? Yes.
0: Cool. Uh, it's on Google Drive, and yeah. it's constantly being updated, yeah. Nice.
2: Cool, ours too. Mm. That that should be a goal for a lot of businesses because I I know that to have your business to a point where you can either sell it or duplicate it, um, in order for it to be a f- like mm-hmm. full value bill, you need right. to have everything documented, how you market, mm-hmm. how you talk to your customers, how you clean, how you you know do payroll everything needs to be written down and once you have all that in a book your business will be at the point you don't have to where you could sell it just by passing over a book you could sell your business or you could say i want to open up another float shop here's my book all the instructions are in here let's do it that's our goal to open another float shop no not to open (laughs) another float shop no just to have our business in a book because if there's any questions yeah it's in the book yeah you know it's in the book
0: so that's one thing we did right when we did build out this last location. We had a build out book. We have mm. everything oh in that wow. book from materials to who we used, to huh. what changes we made, to what materials. Cool. What happened on with our like for example, we had our the people who were doing our construction did not understand that we were a f- they didn't understand what a float center was. Right, right. So they weren't. We found out even though we told them they were trying to quote unquote save us money by not putting insulation like in between the shower walls and that sort of thing. So, like things that we had to watch, (laughs) like a hawk, that we can make sure the next time it's like, hey, I you tried to scrimp on this last time, don't do it again, kind of thing. So that was the one thing. I'm gonna end this by saying that's the one thing I did. I did one thing right, (laughs) (laughs) one thing.
1: (laughs) That's genius. I love that. I love that. I want to start working on that myself. Very cool.
0: You got a good start there, Dylan. You did some really really cool stuff. Nice. Some nice documentation.
1: Thanks. One thing I did right. Think about the customer first, just mm. always customer first, uh, their, their experience first. And I know I've, I've actually said um, employees first, but when before we had employees, it was <laughs> all about the customer. Lance, any, any parting words?
2: Well, one thing I feel like I do right is I like to treat um, my customers, not only in person but online, like a person. <laughs> I know a mm-hmm. lot of businesses that I deal with You walk through their door, you grab your good, you pay them money, you leave. It's just a a weird, solid interaction. When I talk to people, I actually engage them as a person. We're all having our own battles, our own struggles. We're all experiencing different things. When you go to your way to ask someone how their evening was or if they have any plans for their weekend, you can see that goes the distance. So Mm -hmm. treating people like people and not acting like the face of your business all the time can go a long way. Beautiful. I think yeah. I've done that right. <laughs> I, I think
1: love it. I I don't think we could go out on a better note. So everybody thank you for listening as always you can find us at the Art of Floating on Facebook at Artful Floating on Twitter and join our conversation by leaving a speak pipe or leaving a voicemail uh, by clicking the gold bar on the left side of the if you leave a voicemail there we'll go ahead and play it on the show answer your questions or at least share your opinions of what you wanted to talk about until next time we'll see you next week.
0: listening to the Art of Floating podcast.